You're listening to How to Juggle the Struggle, the Millennial's Guide to Thriving, Not Surviving, hosted by Isaiah Michael Joyner. Like many millennials, Isaiah Michael Joyner has always envisioned owning a startup company. At the age of 24, he founded a luxury concierge company providing services to New York City's elite. Isaiah quickly learned juggling the hustle is sometimes not so luxurious. Listen as he shares the joy and truth of the journey. Welcome to How to Juggle the Struggle, the Millennial's Guide to Thriving, Not Surviving. And I'm your host, Isaiah Michael Joyner. This is episode 71. And I have a guest today who I've known, Michelle, you for how long now? It's been since our, it's been. Yeah, that's okay. So since 2010, probably right when Mm -hmm. I started, right before, after I started my company. um, But we know each other from our work at Essence back in the day. And since then, Michelle Dalzon has moved on and done a ton of great things, worked for amazing companies. But I don't want to talk to her about all the companies she worked at. I want to talk to her about something else that she's done. And that is her found, being the founder of the Black-owned market, B-O-M. Mm-hmm. B-O-M, or B- the bomb. Or the bomb. So the bomb, the yeah. bomb Michelle started, um, she founded this five years, going on five years ago, December 2015, um, or 16, started a pop-up market to gather Black-owned brands in New York. Um, and really, it was during the holiday season, correct? Yeah, yep. Which is super smart now that I think about it, because I'm like, we see so much of that today. But you were ahead, yeah. you were actually ahead of the game doing that um, back in 2016, and mm-hmm. um, your goal for doing that was to bring brand notoriety some to some cool black brands, correct, and support. Yep, got it. Got it. So one of the things that when I read about in your bio, um, it's always fun when you have to read a bio of somebody you know, because you're like, oh, you learn so much more. When you think you know them, but you're like, oh, didn't know that. But in your bio, you mentioned every experience in life thus far has led you to your life's purpose. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, hmm, I like that. That that That's the goal, right? Yeah. With that, I started to think, I was like, well, when was it that you discovered the calling to create um, Bomb? And how long did it take for you to actually put that faith into action and say, like, actually, I'm going to do it? Yeah. Um, so with this is, like, always part of, like, my origin story. And sorry if people listening have heard it before. Um, but when... So I'm, I'm Haitian, first generation, Uh, My parents came to the United States in the 1970s, but they actually opened up a beauty supply store in 1988. Mm. So the beauty supply store is still um, open today um, in Boston, Massachusetts, and it's the same age as me. Um, So it was like my first job, I would go there. My parents were very um, strategic about like community. So my dad's store was like right down the street from my middle school. So I would walk from my middle school to my dad's store and wait there until my mom would pick me up. Um, and then we would go home together. But it was just, I, that was like the worst for me as a child. Cause I was like so tired. I didn't want to be there. It was just boring, but I didn't know that it was going into my subconscious of like seeing, you know, my father 
work with customers and really just be an entrepreneur. So um, as you know, I went, I went to college, moved to New York City, worked for like a few marketing, um, worked in the field of marketing for a few media companies. Um, but then there was just like a lot of stuff in the media around like police brutality. And I just was over it. Like I didn't want to keep spending my money with like corporations and people that didn't really invest in black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I began to think about what ways can, cause I hate just like talking about things. I like actionable steps. Like what can I do in my little life that can like change this narrative? So I was thinking initially about my parents' store and, and the legacy that has there. And I was like, oh, what if I created, cause most beauty supply stores are owned by Koreans. Only, I think only 2% of um, beauty supply stores are actually owned by black people, but we patronize them the most. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what if... I created something where um, all of the products that we featured um, were black owned in the store, right? But um, I, at that time, I actually had gotten laid off. So I was like, this is what I'm going to do now. Um, but it wasn't enough, especially living in New York City, collecting unemployment. It was like, I need to get another job. <laughs> um, so I, I got another job at MTV um, and I was like, great. I got a great job at MTV. But at the same time, I'm like, I still have this thing in the back of my head. So I began to start doing the frame or building the framework there while I was working um, on the job, but off, off the job too, during the break and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, w- I was literally, exactly. <laughs> I was literally juggling. So um then there was this like concept of like just marketplaces. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Smorgasburg, like BK Fleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I used to go to BK Fleet all the time and there were very few black businesses featured. And I was like, why don't I create my own like BK Fleet? Cause there were so many like directories at that time, like 2015, 2016 of like 50 Black-owned restaurants to go to in X, right? And I'm like, I don't want to just be a directory because, you know, we're in this social media digital age where you read something and it's a fleeting thought. So, like, what did I? why don't I create a physical thing where people can actually put their money where their mouth is? So that was really the start and inception of the December 2016 pop-up. I wanted to bring together Black-owned brands um, that people didn't know about or they didn't really have like a brick and mortar, a physical like brick and mortar, um, bring them from that online to like physical reality, but making an experience, like not just like the BK flea model where it's just like, you know, table tents and stuff like that. We really wanted it to be like an experiential event where businesses felt like, you know, they can treat this as their storefront for the day. Um, I worked with my graphic designer and we, not graphic designer, interior designer, and we created individual booths for each person. So it felt very individualized and um, it was just a fun time. And we, we just did that five times over. And you know what I love about it is because being a um, intentional gifter that I am, but also I'm a gifter for a living, right? And Mm -hmm. always discovering all of these new wonderful brands, I tend to kind of like... Now I'm very intentional about like, okay, who do I support, right? By way mm-hmm. of um, companies as well as just product, right? And and when right. I have a job that I have to gift for somebody, I'm like, all right, let me first think about in my kind of wheelhouse and Rolodex, who are those people that are either um, black or people of color? That's right. first and foremost. But it's funny because I always used to think of a concept like this, like, oh, I know all of these cool brands. How would it be to get them under one roof, right? And yeah. you're doing this. So this is why I find it so appealing. 
But beyond mm-hmm. that, this day and age, we see that it is everyone who's very much like, oh, we want to have this list. Like I literally was on, I think, Nordstrom the other day. And the first thing, first of all, they're already promoting holiday, right? But right. they had brands and um, that they have in their within their store and online of people of color who, founders, right? And I was like, oh, that's dope. There's so much representation now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But how do you find for um, you in this platform, how do you carve out your lane and kind of differentiate what it is that you're doing amongst all of the other big box stores and um big retailers? Well, honestly, that's the code that I'm trying to crack now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like hit the nail on the head. So when I started, I don't like to like reduplicate things that or duplicate things that are already out there. Mm-hmm. So when I started, it was very, um, a very clear space. Um, people weren't really doing this. Right. So now it's like an oversaturated space. So I'm forced to think about how do I differentiate myself in like, which I'm happy to challenge myself to do, but it's really been like a struggle to be mm-hmm. honest, because like when we started, it was like very easy for me to do these markets um, and get business owners to participate. That's still easy for me. But now I think the market is shared. So like everyone wants a piece of like black owned businesses, Absolutely. whether it's authentic or not. Right. Absolutely. So what I'm struggling with now, especially as I'm like raising capital to scale is like raising capital one, but also like, what am I raising capital for? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that new business model kind of look like? Cause we know the e-commerce, we know kind of like the physical brick and mortar, but there's something else. And I think what what's happening with the bomb naturally is enterprises and corporations always like tap us to be like, okay, like, can you create activations within our space? Cause we know how to speak to just people in general. We right. know how to be the for black owned businesses and represent them. Um, so that actually happened um, summer of 2020. We were tapped by a company called Beta um, in um, they're based in Palo Alto, but they have like brick and mortar stores all around the U.S. And they have a lifestyle company called Forum. And they hired us to create a store within their store in Hudson Yards Mall. Dope. And we created a beautiful activation that lasted from, I think, October of last year to April of this year. Oh, wow. That and was really long. It was long. It initially, it was supposed to be three months, but it got extended because it was doing so well. So 60% of the overall sales were attributed to the bomb and we were outperforming even their, their, um, their side of the store. Wow. So it was just one of those things where it was a light bulb to me. Like I know what I do and I know that I do it well, but like, how do I kind of get in these like Nordstrom's and targets and, and Walmart's, if you, if you will, those people that are trying to now reach black owned businesses, how do I get them to partner with me is what I think I'm trying to figure out now. Okay. Well, listen, this has turned into a brainstorm um, podcast because I've been, the funny thing is I'll tell you that one of the things that I've also shared with quite a few like people on my network, something that I particularly from being able to be in a space where I'm always again, gifting and seeking out the coolest product out there. Right. Mm -hmm. I realize a lot of times that the brands that I come to or that some brands that I see that I'm like, I can just do a Google search of black owned jewelers. Right. And there's some wonderful jewelry out there. There's some that I'm like, Oh, this is really dope. Um, But maybe the packaging's off. Right. Or maybe their back house, like, you know, they're they're on the back end. It's so crappy that, you know, (laughs) 
they took forever to send the product because their back of house is not together, right? Shipping fulfillment, whatever that is, right? So uh. one of the things that, it's just a two-part question. One is that, or first and foremost, I think that there's a whole school um, and training out there for Black-owned businesses. I've been said this, almost like when you sure. think of... Um, when you think of the guy on, I forget his name right now, where he goes around to different businesses and he tells them what works and what doesn't work, there needs to be one for black businesses, um, almost a shark tank, if you will, right? Where you're really, they're just fine tuning and really not only just about product and what it looks like, but just also customer service, right? And getting them into the school and saying, once you pass these courses, you're good to go, right? That's one. You can take mm-hmm. that. I think that you would be able to do that great because you see all the brands, right? But secondly, right. if you, if I had a product right now that I was trying to launch or I have something from all the brands that you've seen, um, what would your advice be to a small business owner who owns a brand um, who needs a little bit help or um, needs to just be told, okay, listen, these are some of the things that you should probably try to do to elevate your brand. These are some things that you should do to elevate your customer experience um, overall. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to start with like the fulfillment and like Mm -hmm. the back of house stuff. So literally I'm going through something similar right now. Um, So I feel like everything that like black businesses, like CPG, like product-based businesses on my platform go through, I'm going through too, because like I'm trying to fulfill as well. Mm -hmm. And we have like an amazing subscription box that we partnered with. We had a partnership with T-Mobile last month. Um, And I anticipated a long timeline. Thank you. I I anticipated a long timeline, but not this long um, because like COVID has slowed literally everything down. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just harder to get manufacturing, um, harder to like send things out like postal services and UPS and FedEx. They don't care. Like, it's not that they don't care. It's just like everything's shut down or going slower. There's nothing that we can do. So um, I use a fulfillment center to like package and send out my subscription boxes. And I was just told what yesterday that there was a COVID outbreak in the warehouse and they had to shut down specifically the special projects team that was actually fulfilling my orders. Right. So at this point, I'm like freaking out, still freaking out. Like I had a mini meltdown today that I'm just like, there's literally nothing I can do. All I can do is like tell people like it's coming. Hopefully they don't ask for refunds and keep it. But like, it was really like weighing on me today. And I'm like, you know, I think black businesses specifically, like we just have a harder time, like getting off the ground for things. Some of it is our fault, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is like things that we didn't plan for. Right. So what I would say to a black owned business is like, definitely do as much as you can to make sure that like, at least on your end, you've done everything that you can do. So if we're starting with like, if you're starting with like a product-based business, you just have an idea and a concept, right? The thing that I would do is make sure that the product, like focusing on the product first and making sure that that is exceptional. Um, you know, doing a few markets, that's usually how most, um, businesses start in general, like CPG based businesses start, they're going to different markets, they're testing it out. They're, um, they're getting feedback, um, from customers, early customers. Then from there, maybe they're iterating on like what that actual, um, that design and the packaging looks like based on like what feedback they receive. Mm. So I think it's just testing, executing, and always looking for feedback from your customers, um, is like the number one n- number one thing that I would suggest. Um, in addition to that is like, what story are you trying to tell? I've learned that 
people, especially like consumers, we're emotional consumers. We like to be connected to something, some cause or something. Right. So like if you're telling like a great story, that's going to lock them in even more. So I, I love a storytelling approach. Um, maybe like your grandmother, you grew up watching your grandmother do X, Y, Z, and this inspired you to create this product. And now you want to bring it to the mass market. Um, cause that, that's something we always want to be relatable to each other. Cause that makes you think of your own story as well. Um, and what else, what else? I think that that's, that's where I would start. And also don't be afraid to like to partner. Um, a lot of the businesses that are a part of my platform, because they were a part of my market, I found other businesses and now they're doing collaboration, like collaboration products. So, um, one of, um, one of the businesses on my platform is a candle maker. And another one was an artist that we hired, um, and they collaborate, collaborate, to, collaborated to do like this, um, holiday candle that they launch every year. And I think that's really cute. Mm-hmm. And they both have, pretty decent followings, but like they were both able to leverage, leverage each other's platforms to gain even more of a massive following. So things like that, thinking outside of the box. Absolutely. And I think what you said, as far as fulfillment and being able to, I think that's the thing, right? I, I think my mother is an amazing pound cake maker, right? Mm-hmm. I think one of my closest friends, her dad makes amazing cakes as well. However, yeah. are they to sell? Probably not. Right. You know, yeah, and yeah. not that it's not to, not to say that they can't sell them, but to the magnitude that for them to be successful, they probably they right. can't fulfill that in their kitchen. Right. And so. Right. But I think so. I think a lot of times people hear, "Ooh, I do this really well. I can I can go from literally my kitchen and then next thing you know, I'm doing direct to consumer. Nope, you might need to reconsider. There's a few steps that you need to take. So I think that's important to always hear. Because this is the thing I'm realizing and I keep saying to people, I'm like, we keep, you know, I'm all about driving business to black owned businesses, right? And driving it um, and purchasing their product. But we got to make sure before we drive that business to them, they're set up Mm -hmm. properly. And they have the tools, you know, because if they don't have the tools, then our experience is like, if they don't have the tools, they're not set up, then we have a horrible experience or we don't like the product we got or we received. And then next thing you know, like, oh, we're not supporting them. You know, black people don't know how to do, you know, that we take that narrative. Um, yeah. So I think it's just important for those who are listening, if you're considering starting your own brand or if you're in the process of building a new one, like I am myself, um, I just, I'm, I'm really doing a lot of research to make sure that before I launch this product, I actually had to go back. I had to do a U-turn for one of the things I'm launching because I was mm. ready. I was ready to go to literally direct to consumer and I wasn't set up right. Right. I was like, it's time. Um, it's, it's, but it's a slow build. And I think a lot of times we get excited because we have great things out that we want to share with everyone, but yeah. we haven't done the back end um, and we don't have that foundation set up yet. Yeah. And it's something, even me, like I've been, I've been doing this for almost five years and I, there's still things, especially because now I'm looking to scale Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I'm not fully set up on the back end to like fulfill, like even with this, like, excuse me, huge influx of orders from T-Mobile. I was anticipating it, but now that it's actually here now, I'm like, okay, I didn't anticipate all these other things that will come with it. But I think at the end of this project, I'll be more, um, I guess more efficient in fulfilling orders because I'll know what to anticipate. Um, but I'm doing like a pros and cons, like literally as we speak. Got it. It's so, and it's a learning, right? I think that's the thing. It's, learning, it's a learning, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Funny enough, I thought about this. I read 
um, when I was reading about the Black-owned market and just understanding just buying trends, right? And us as African-Americans and how we spin, right? And I thought to myself, I was like that, it is amazing. I was astonished by this fact that the black community is over one, we spend over one trillion, right? Which mm-hmm. blows my mind. And yeah. only literally two cent of every dollar goes back to the to black brands. Yeah. That like, I'm telling you, shifts my wig. Bec- and I, and I, I can say why I understand why I know why I'm, I'm, I'm a product of that sometimes, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, yeah. How do yeah. we shift people's mind to say, and it's a, it's a big shift, right? Because we have we're so trained to be like, okay, we want to order something, or we want to buy we want to buy this cleaning product. We're gonna just go pick this brand because we know it; it's brand familiarity. But maybe there's another brand out there. How do we shift the black community's mind to say, listen, it's pre-holiday coming up. You're you're two months out. Have you considered shopping with? Yeah. Um, so I think honestly, it's uh, it comes down to it's like our buying patterns, right? So it's mm-hmm. like we're all about convenience. I know I am. Yes. Like whatever I see that's like close by, like a CVS, Walgreens, wherever I'm shopping, like I'm just gonna get because I like it and it's right there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of black-owned businesses are still not on like big box retailer shelves. I think out of all of them, Target's probably doing the best at shifting that narrative and actually having black-owned businesses on their shelves and their They've been even doing this before like 2020. So I always commend them with that. Like we're, we're in talks with Target too. We have been since 2019. So it's like big box retailers like that have to really turn it up a notch and really try to get black businesses on their shelves. Cause these are the places that we go. Um, now with the digital age, it makes it a lot easier to find black owned businesses. And there's so many lists and directories uh, much more than there were like, I'll say even a year ago because of like summer of 2020. Right. So it's just one of those things where I think for us, it's always just a little bit harder. Cause I think about like, just like the back end and the setup, like I'm thinking yeah. about it when we speak. Cause I'm like, you want to support these businesses, but are they set up to get you what you need and fulfill your very much um, fast paced lifestyle that you're living? And mm-hmm. it's just, sometimes it's just about being patient with us until we get there, like support and just be like, all right, like yeah. hopefully I can do what I need to, but most of them can. It just depends on like who you're shopping from. But I also think it's on the black business to be explicitly clear and communicate what you can do and yes. what you can't do. What you, oh my God. That's, you know, cause that's, that's it. Right. Yeah. We can- like, cause if you can't get something to someone within like, you know, three to five days, which is when people tend to expect things then communicate I mean, that. Yeah. Tell people, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Telfair. Yeah. Telfair. Yes, yes. Yeah, they did this like back security program that I loved. And it was like, um, it was, they have this back security. Basically you get your bag, but they're like making sure at each touch point, they make you like submit that you are agreeing that this will not be to you until like March. Yeah, Like three times I had to agree that I'm right. like, okay, yeah, I agree that it will not be to me till March. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to implement that. But like, that's that's a great way of like telling people and being, transparent with them actually exactly buying yourself the time to really execute what it is that you need to on the back on the other side right that's key and then also being able to which i think a lot of brands miss um being not apologetic but just acknowledging the consumer by way of saying hey 
we're sorry that this got to you or this was delayed yeah. next time 10% off whatever that is right it's just above yeah. it's about going above yeah. and beyond that I think a lot of brands mm -hmm. miss the mark on and then for those of us who are consumers of black owned brands um, and businesses it's okay to give constructive criticism for and sure just healthy for feedback sure. like hey girl I got this but this was sent without the gift message that I included in the email for you to send. Like, it's just those smaller things, right? Um, but yeah, I think it's just like a combative nature that we're like, you're coming at me and I feel defensive, so I'm going to come at you and you're already like, I'm not coming to this Black-owned business ever again. Yeah. But if we just can communicate, like you just said, mm -hmm. like constructive criticism, like it doesn't have to be something that's like so heavy and combative. Agreed. And I also yeah. feel like, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I want to... Um, for those listening, I think we just have to do a better job of supporting and then honestly sending friendly messages of, hey, this wasn't to my liking or I want to continue to support you. Here's some things that I saw. Right. And then people on the end of who are creators and these are your brands. Just be receptive to hear it. I've, I've listened. Be me being in a service industry drive. There's been some times I've done some shitty work and I've heard about it. Yeah. And so yeah. it goes no, it goes, you know, hand in hand. So much. So there's a couple, two more things. So Michelle, I think one, I love what you're doing. As you know, I think that there is so many legs here and, I, and it's funny because I'm not in this world by way of trying to think about how to scale it. Just listening. I'm like, Oh, this is scale up. Like this, there's so many legs and antennas that I think of for you to scale. So right now I'm just affirming that it comes to you so easily yeah, and that you understand you. what exactly it is that you're supposed to do next. And that mm -hmm. um, the creator anoints this vision um, because it's so needed right now. That's first and foremost. Um, but I'm oh, certain. Really yeah, of course. And then the other thing was I um, could imagine that to, today or when you realized that you're, there was an outbreak at the fulfillment company, you were like, Lord, what to do next? Right. That you had to talk yourself into, OK, we're going to get it done. And a part of that getting it done is a reminder of three points of power that we always talk about on this podcast. We in every episode uh, with three points of power and with those three points of power, I wanted you to just end off by saying what are those three points that you take and you say to yourself every day that I can do it um, and get yourself mm -hmm. through it um, as you continuously build mm -hmm. the black owned market? Um, yes. Yeah. So I think the first thing is like, um, even at the beginning of the bomb, I always say God would not lead you this far to leave you. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where I'm like, God keeps sending me like nuggets of like support, even at like the worst points where I'm just like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to continue doing this thing. Like he'll send me another opportunity, another accelerator that I'm accepted into, or like some, a customer will tell me something that they love or a black business will be like, I love being a part of this platform. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Um, so like those little things like that, um, when I'm like feeling at my worst, God will remind me like you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Um, and like this quote, um, right behind me, it's from like one of my favorite books called, um, the alchemist. And it says, um, once you make a decision, the universe conspires, conspires to like yes. make it happen. And I think that's, that's very much so like God being like, yeah, like you made this decision, you wanted to do it. So I'm going to put all the things in your path, obstacles included. To <laughs> Talk make about sure that, the obstacles. We always <laughs> yeah. forget that. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, the obstacles included to make sure that one, um, you like feel empowered to do this work, but also that you're strengthened um, in doing this work because it's like, it's not going to be easy, right? Mm -hmm. But like now, after going through these obstacles and triumphs, 
Like I'm so much stronger to create even more and I have more wisdom to provide to other people that are also in this path behind me and currently with me. So I would yes. say those are my two. That's what I think. I don't have a third. <laughs> that's okay. Well, that, listen, that's okay. The, I mean, the two are still strong enough. And um, yeah. if I could add a third, it would be you're equipped, right? Yeah. I always say Amen. that you're equipped. Yeah. And so you have those two that are strong enough. Um, yeah. Lastly, Michelle. So how can people support? This is pre-holiday, right? How can mm-hmm. people support um, the bomb Black-owned market? Um, beyond yeah. just the holiday season, where can we find you and how can we support? Yeah. So um, we're actually um, gearing up for our fifth year. So right now I'm looking to scale the business and um, really take it to the next level. So what you see now is a very much, it's a, it's a beta of our e-commerce platform, only like 14 brands, but we've worked with over hundred black owned businesses wow. through our physical pop-ups. So I want to bring Bomb, our website, 2.0 to launch, um, uh, and we'll be raising money for that. So right now I'm actively um, fundraising. So if anybody listening is an investor or has an investor friend that they connect can connect me to, so that's number one. Yes. Um, and potentially we're thinking about doing a crowdfunding campaign because people are always asking like how we can support you. So that would potentially launch sometime in the next month or so. So there's nothing actively right now. Um, and of course, if you want to shop online, we have our great, we still have the T-Mobile boxes up that people can still grab um, if they want to. Um, we have four options, um, home, body, skin, and snacks, nice. um, curated boxes, all from Black-owned businesses that they can buy right now. And it'll get to you, you know, whenever this outbreak is done. <laughs> yes, so be, you heard what she said earlier, the fulfillment company has had an outbreak. Yeah, not me, y'all. <laughs> we have everything there. They're just like taking their sweet time and it's so annoying. But um, I think, and just follow on Instagram. I think the biggest thing is just following our next moves on social media um, because everything we do is updated there. Got it. And I will, uh, one, thank you so much, right? And what's, wait, what's social media? What's the so IG the or media is um it's ourbomb.com o u r b o m d o t c o m so it's the same as the website oh, okay and that's on IG yeah mm-hmm. thank you so much it's Michelle so and I would be remiss because I just thought about this though but this is because this episode is all about black owned right black creating black owned um, companies and products and selling them I, I it was mm-hmm. deposited in my spirit earlier and I was like I'm gonna say this though but. For everyone listening, um, if you are someone you know has asked before someone, um, you expected a black person or person of color who owns their business to discount their service or their product, I want you to think again. I think um, it's disrespectful. It's, it's, it's as poisonous as white entitlement. And mm-hmm. if you don't get a discount on your check or you don't see under the tax bracket where they say we discount your pay because you're black then don't expect for somebody to discount their service or their product because they're black. Um, I think so. As you are considering how you're going to support people, don't be like, oh, maybe she'll give me 10%. No, 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 no. If you don't have that relationship, don't think about it. Um, Be intentional with your gifting and how you support. And um, definitely this holiday season and beyond, support, Mm -hmm. support, 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 support Black-owned businesses. As much as you can. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you, Isaiah. This was wonderful. Absolutely. As always, those listening, as I end every podcast, remember the best is still yet to come. Yes. Receive it. I receive it. 